You're listening to Drums and Guns with your hosts, Brian DeChristopher and Jason Touchstone. And there he is, the man, the legend, the myth. <laughs> is there a myth? Well, I, I want to hear the myth. I'm not a myth. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can hear you guys without the headphones. How you all doing? Oh, yeah, we're doing great. great to How see about you? you? Yeah, man, not bad. You know, white beard, no hair, you know. You mean like this? Oh, yeah. just like that. <laughs> and, you know. It's contagious, isn't it? It's, yeah, 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 yeah. Look at that. Keep the yeah. hat. It's going there. Got to keep the hat on, man. You, you, you look good either way. Hey, thanks for having me. Are we on? We're on, yeah. We like to run pre-roll so that we could just talk about just nonsense. And then the guest comes in and he's cold-cocked by just you know, a nonsense conversation. <laughs> In this case, we were trying to figure out, maybe you can help us out. Oh, but up front, let me just say to the to the audience that'll be watching this video that we're speaking to a wonderful man that used to be a, a neighbor of mine. And I've known you for, gosh, going on 30-something years now. It's Gumbi Ortiz, percussionist for Al Demiola. He's worked with some incredible talent like Jeff Berlin, Chick Corea, the late great Chick Corea, you know, um, Irene Cara, Dave Weckl. Yeah, man, a lot of good people. You get lucky. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. It's not your skills or your talent. It's luck. <laughs> you got to get lucky. You know, people with talent. You know, I got, I've been around the world a million times. I've seen, every, you know, everybody's got talent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, you just get lucky. You know, you step on, you know, on a leaf and there's a $20 bill. Oh, look at that. You know? <laughs> Destiny, my ass. Somebody lost $20. You, you know, you got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, somebody else is going hungry and you're going, woohoo. <laughs> my $20. God tell you. Something like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, before you came on, we were trying to figure out. <clears throat> so, okay, animals. I am cool. <laughs> you know how you have um, the different grades of animal, like when an animal is young. Okay, so like you have a cat, it's a kitten. You have a dog, it's a puppy. Right. What is a baby? What is a baby rabbit? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. A babbit. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so you've got a couple projects going on right now. Oh, I'm sorry. I totally cut you off. Oh, it's good. It's good. Yeah, I talk shit all the time anyway. The, uh, the I, you know, I don't know because, you know, I'm not that smart. I told you I was lucky, you know, but I'm not that smart. <laughs> so, okay, so you've got a couple projects going on right now. You're doing the Black Honkies. You're doing Electric Rendezvous. Right. And you're staying some busy at this time when you can't be out on tour without. Yeah, I'm really busy because, uh, you know, I, I produce and co-produce a lot of smooth jazz guys with uh, Philippe Sace. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, always writing, always mixing, always doing, always yelling at people. No, it's not like this. It's like this. You know what I mean? You know, my dad used to always say, you to go. the only way to get juice out of an orange is to cut it and then squeeze it. Oh. No <laughs> other way. If you got That's that. True. Really, it's the same thing with music and art and anything that you do. You got to squeeze it. I know the Montessori crowd hates that, you know, because they, you know, they want to baby everybody. But, you know, um, to get somebody to go to the next level, to hit 600 home runs, to do whatever it is, takes a lot of work. 
And a guy like me, because like I said, I'm lucky, but I'm also from the South Bronx. So there's a, uh, you know, you know, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to find somebody who could do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Love your feelings and all that stuff, but I'm not your mother. You know, I'm not a tough guy and I'm going to hug you, but I'm going to send you on your way. So when we do this stuff with Philippe and we do all this, I'm the kind of like the bad guy. Maybe because of my accent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, Goomba, you're the bad guy. You know, you sound like Joe Pesci. Go get him. You know, so it's like something like that. Yeah, oh, that's funny. I think we, you know what? This thing caught everybody by surprise, of course. You know what I mean? And not everybody, somebody knew what was going on, but caught us who were not paying attention by surprise, you know? Right. And, and I think that uh, uh, luckily, you know, Al was already in 2019, he was, his, his ears were bothering him. So he was backing off a little bit from touring and doing this and doing that. So, you know, we kind of, we uh, de-evolve or evolve into this position. We were lucky again, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, so we were just, I was just as busy as I was before the pandemic, during the pandemic and after the pandemic, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys who are not busy, but you know, they didn't set themselves up. Like I'm a product of a well-spent youth. You know, I didn't spend hours, you know, doing nothing and watching TV. I didn't watch TV. You know what I mean? Uh, I, you know, I don't I don't even listen to a lot of music, you know. Uh, so, you know, it's not like I sit down and listen to the analyze the Beatles or this or that or whatever. I don't do any of that, you know. I kind of, you know, I know what I like. I know what I like culturally. I know, you know, like, I remember in the Bronx, there was this Afro-American church and yeah, and we were different people because we were from the Caribbean, same kind of roots, but we we're from the Caribbean. But the music was amazing, and I already knew that I loved that music no matter what. So I didn't have to hear Gladys Knight or anything. I already was at the Black Church. I saw the source, right? So I didn't have to listen to you know Motown or to get any kind of inspiration. There was that church down the block that was giving me all the inspiration I needed. And then we were growing up. There were drummers everywhere, rumba, that you know imported from Cuba and Puerto Ricans who adopted the the music. So we were living this music, you know, tasting it and living it, you know, so there was no kind of uh, a put on wreck and listen to it and get inspired type thing. I was living in the Bronx in New York, you know, rap music, everything, salsa, jazz, everything that was going through that whole thing. I mean, we were living it. Mm-hmm. There was no, you know, I didn't have to sit down and listen to, no, nah, I do like music. I just slice the family stone or the rappers. I mean, I love all that stuff, but I don't sit down all day. Like, like the people doing now binging, they call it like an, Netflix or whatever it is. I don't do any of that, you know? Right. My wife, she sits there, watch, you know, 18 episodes of some, you know, some guy trying to get out of a car, you know? (laughs) You know, but I'd rather sit here and practice. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. no, you know, you don't know whatever it is, you know? So, um, so the pandemic, nothing really changed except the, the fear of the people around me. Right masking and gloves and oh my god you know that kind of fear but like i'm from the south bronx you know uh you know i, I i'm not scared of anything i'm not stupid but i wasn't i was like okay let's wait and see but you know that kind of thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. you know uh like i said nothing really changed you know i live in this little room anyway <laughs> where you do all your work right right I, I live in here i got all my mics everything is set up all i gotta do is plug in somebody sends me tracks i do them you know, or we're yelling, you know, like I said, we're yelling at a, at an artist, you know, you got to do this, you got to do this. And that happens whether <laughs> person or like this, you know, whatever this is. Right. You know, you know, and Al's doing the same thing. He's been home practicing. As a matter of fact, we're leaving on a little tour next week. 
Oh, are you? Yes, for the first one. Uh, Where are you going? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I want to know too. No, you know, we're having a. Uh, he's having a book that they're reading about him, or they're writing about him. And I'm being interviewed for that book too because after 30 years, I know a lot of stories and dirt. Right. So, <laughs> you know, and then uh, and there's also a Netflix kind of. They call it a buy-up, whatever they call it. Uh, yeah, doc, yeah. Something, whatever it is. They're doing that too. So, then, you know, we're just going to go out and play a little thing and, you know, just they're going to film and we, you know, something, you know, just to get out and test the waters only in Florida. Oh, know? really? Yeah. So it'll be in somewhere in Largo and then I think it's Tallahassee or, or um, so, somewhere in North Florida and then back to South Florida. Okay. You're not doing Miami, huh? Well, we're going to do somewhere around Miami, but not Miami. You know what I mean? You know, right. Because, you know, everybody's got to be six feet apart, blah, 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 whatever the protocol. Right. So we we testing the waters, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. What happens. He's got some other days. They were booked with some kind of acoustic thing with accordion player and the guitar player and stuff like that. I don't know if he's going to do that. So, uh, you know, because I love playing the electric stuff. I right. love the stuff I, I mean i love it love it love it but i really love the electric stuff you know what i mean mm -hmm. that's when the show really comes alive but you yeah. know you know look al plays the same he thinks he plays different he plays the same you know what i mean he's right <laughs> what he does you know what I mean? yeah. so there's something about him holding that electric guitar that gibson you know what i mean and mm -hmm. and walking on the stage like a lion looking to eat something you know what i mean right Wow, it's you know, I remember I was a fan of Return to Forever mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And then it was like I never thought I would play with these guys or know these people. I had no clue whatsoever. You know what I mean? You know, I just practice and play and the, the people are texting me. I don't know look, look at this guy. Don't forget the underwear. I don't know what that means. What <laughs> <laughs> kind of party is it? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> My mom gonna be there, you know. <laughs> I had no clue, but I was a big fan of that kind of musicianship, that kind of over-the-top virtuosic thing, which I thought I was, you know, never going to, you know, I just want to play jam with my buddies. And, and we know, we play in our religious, in our Caribbean thing from the far culture, you know, that Carioca, yeah. Africa, all that stuff, Santeria stuff. So, we, you know, we have this connection with nature and we play the drums, beautiful thing. But, right, we turned to forever and out to be all the chick career, may rest in peace. What the heck did I know? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Then, uh, you know, I used to play with all the guys in New York and blah, blah, blah. You know, I did this, I did that. I played with Nat Alley. I played with Jimmy Cobb and Walter Booker. Those, I mean, the real deal people, you know. And um, But when I was in Florida, I got a little restless. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm almost 65 and I'm still restless, you know. But... I was restless, you know, my marriage, my first marriage wasn't going too good, you know, life, you know. Mm -hmm. so I took a couple of hundred bucks and went and left to go to Paris for no reason whatsoever. There was something, I saw a movie, a Sting movie, Bring on the Night. Okay. 86, I think I saw it. And I was just amazed by these young guys doing this thing, traveling through Europe and and I was scared that I was something like that would never happen to me. So I was gonna make take it upon myself to go in on a plane and go there with a couple of hundred dollars in my pocket, 1986 or you know whatever it was. And I didn't, you know, I just I just went mm -hmm. out of frustration in life, you know. 
my dad used to always say that sometimes you got to shake the tree to get the fruit to come down, you know? And so I, let me shake this, my life a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When I go to Paris, I didn't know nothing. I didn't know nothing, nothing, nothing. I got there and, you know, I was uh, like, I stay, I slept on, on a park bench, not like a bum, only because I didn't speak the language that well to get a hotel. And I, and I was at the ritzy part of town, you know, Champs-Élysées, it was beautiful. It, you know, 200 bucks in my pocket back then. They had, had to change to francs. There was no euro, you know. So I'm learning the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. So the next couple of days, I found the room, you know, cool. Then I decided that I'm going to go see the, the Mediterranean, you know, by myself. I got no friends. I'm not even talking to nobody. You know, I'm just walking around, like a kid from the Bronx, you know. Right. So I get on the train. I go down to Cannes, where they're having this music festival, because it was in January, called Medum. Hmm. I, clue about Meadum. I didn't know nothing about Meadum. It's like this inside industry, kind of like the film festival, but for music. And people used to go there and get deals, make deals and sell to territories all over the world, their song, Americans, everybody. Nobody knows about this thing. It's called Meadum. So it's like distribution. It's everything. Okay. It's just everything. Anyway, I'm there, you know, Meadum. What the hell do I know? I walk in, I'm walking, I find the Mediterranean, I find a little room for like, you know, four francs, you know, whatever. I get there, the bed's all weird, you know, it was like a house, I think. So then, well, you know, I get there and I go down to the Mediterranean, you know, the that little promenade they had there, so it was beautiful, you know. And the, I passed the theater, and the, the, and the theater, the sign said, Al Dimiola tonight. I said, oh man, from Return to Forever, look at this. Gotta go. <laughs> wow, this is incredible. So I get my little ticket. You know, it's cheap because, you know, socialist countries, right? It was cheap to get there. Was, I, get, I get my ticket. I sit down in beautiful theater, you know what I mean? Keep in the Bronx. And I'm looking around. And all of a sudden, Al comes out and plays. His, he was playing ovation guitar by himself. Mm. It was beautiful. I mean, the reverb is gorgeous. And his sound was, you know, Al Demiola. Mm-hmm. About half hour into the thing, he brings out some percussionists that he knew to jam with him. I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, this is bullshit. I could, I should be doing that. I didn't know how, of course, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I saw him <laughs> 20 minutes into that and I was frustrated and I left the theater. Fuck this, you know, I said, excuse me. You know, so, you know, I just left. And, you know, went back to the little hotel and then did the whole trip in reverse. Got back in the train, got to Paris. I waited in Paris for two days, got my flight back to Florida. You know, I said, okay, well, you know, I did it. I got out of my thing. I get to see Aldi Miola, which is great, blah, blah, blah. A year to the day, January, a year later, I'm playing in a club with a local band, having a great time. Local singer, Fred Johnson. And, you know, I'm playing with the band, doing my thing, you know, blah, blah, blah. Octopus, you know, ah, whatever. (laughs) Inside, in that club where I'm playing, Aldi Miola walks in the club. I mean, go figure. Wow. Millions of, I saw him a year ago in France. He, I didn't say nothing to him because I, I didn't know him. You know, right. I, I, he walks into where I'm playing at. He's playing the next night in, in St. Petersburg, Florida. Wow. I said, wow, look at this. So they brought him there to a club. And, you know, he, the guy, the owner of the place goes, dude, you know, because he is out in the old, he wants to meet you. I said, what? Are you kidding me? We, <laughs> anyway, I sit down, 
We sit down and go, hey, I'm out. I said, I know, I'm going to be. He goes, oh, my God. And we started talking. He, he's from the Jersey area in New York. So we were, you know, we were idiots together. You know, <laughs> it was good fellas right off the bat. You know what I mean? It was just funny as all hell, you know. And uh, he said, listen, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on tour, solo guitar. And uh, somebody said that you were a great percussionist. And, you know, maybe you want to play with me tomorrow night. I said, what? Oh, fuck, yeah, man. Yeah, wow, it's great. Tomorrow. Wow. I'm from the Bronx. I'm not from Stupidville. <laughs> this guy's smart, I said. He's traveling around the world, making 20 grand, picks up local guys to play for one night. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? He leaves, you know? I get it. I Now I realize what I saw in France. Mm -hmm. Okay, and now it's my turn to do that. But it was a beautiful coincidence. So we got together the next day in the club to practice before the night show. You know, he takes the guitar, blah, blah, blah. He plays, I play. Whatever he does, I can play. There's nothing he can't do that I can't do with him. And he feels funny. We stopped playing after about two or three minutes. And we just start joking and laughing. He goes, oh, great, good. We'll see you later. We'll see you tonight. I said, oh, great. You know, I figured, piece of cake. Get out there. There's about 30,000 people. It's a free show for muscular dystrophy back then. You know, like the wow. telephone thing. You know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm not from St. Pete, but I've been living here a long time, enough time. I was kind of damn near a local boy. And now I came out, everybody, yeah. hey, Aldi, you know, ah, we had a great time. Just a great time, you know. Finished, we got drunk that night, talked garbage. <laughs> see ya, see ya. You know, anything, you know, you know I figured, what the hell, I play, play with Aldi, you I played Chick Corea's Tomb Spain and this and that with Aldi, you know, I was happy as all hell. That was that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm living in a small little apartment next to McDill Air Force Base. You know, I'm scra scraping my life. I'm just, you know, but I didn't care. I was born poor, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For immigrants, you know, we didn't have nothing, you know, except for that orange my dad liked to squeeze so much. You know? yeah. <laughs> and that's all we had. And, you know, so he left three, four days later in my little house. My kids were little. Mm -hmm. I had two sons then. They were both little. One. The oldest one at that time was about seven or eight, who's now Grammy Award-winning producer. Uh, Eric, he was, they were little babies. My son Mark was a cook or something, whatever he does. He's just good looking, he just gets by with those good looks. And my son hadn't been born yet. So I get the phone call, my wife picks up, she goes, hey, somebody on the phone. You know, back then there was phones with cords, you know. <laughs> Hello? Hey, gum. Hey, gum. So who the hell is this? He goes, it's me, Al. I said, Al? Al who? You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm the kids and this and that or whatever, you know. He goes, me, Al Demiola. I said, oh, man, Al, what's up, buddy? Man, thank you. It was great that night, blah, blah, blah. And then I, we told, you know, the niceties and shit, you know. And then I said, hey, did you leave something? Like, you left his glasses or, you know, like normal. <laughs> yeah, right. Wallet. Uh, you know. He goes, no, hey, what are you doing Thursday? I said, Thursday? Nothing. Why? He goes, good. I'll see you in Istanbul. Peter Shukat's going to call you. Peter Shukat, what the wow. Just like that. Wow. I told my wife, I, I, I think I'm in the band or something. I don't know what just happened. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Istanbul on Thursday. What? She said, what, what are you talking about? I said, you know, yeah, man. Luckily, I just got my passport that 
a year and a half before to go to Europe. So I had my passport already, but I had to go down to Miami. Peter Shuka, who's at that time, Miles Davis's lawyer and manager. Who I, mean, I didn't know these people from nothing. You know, there I was, uh-huh. this. And Peter called me up, hey, oh my God, welcome. You know, you're in the band, blah, 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 blah. You know, that kind of, you know, that New York thing. Oh, Peter, man, what's going on here? You know, he goes, no, you know, Al loves you. He thinks you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, but you're in the band. Don't worry about it, you know. But, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't even know the music. I don't know, you know, I was, I'm nervous now, you know. I was like, right. you know, like what Al happened to Al with your career when Al was 19. Right. But now I'm 28, 29 years old. You know, I'm a little older, but still a fairly young cat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going through all this, learning who these people are. Good. Don't worry about it. We're going to fly you down. You got to get to this. You got to get your stamp and thing because there's a lot of blah, 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 blah. There wasn't a plane flying out to, you know, Istanbul, Turkey. And I get there and it's Tommy Breck lying and this guy and this guy. And why? You know, I'm playing all the hits. Right. <laughs> Dude, I was like scared out of my brain. You know what I mean? Scared. I'm like, I don't know if I belong in this. You know what I mean? It's like somebody said, come here, kid. Yankee uniform. Shirt, good. You're, you're batting third. What do you mean I'm batting third? <laughs> you know, what? It was like that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And to this day, I'm telling the story. It still seems like it, it was somebody else that happened to, and it was me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't do anything. And it turns into 30 plus years of this. You know, I think it's well, my what, what you did was you were you. Yeah, right? I, you know what? Maybe that, that I, I didn't have formal schooling. I didn't go mm-hmm. to Berkeley or Juilliard, you know, the cookie, you know, the cookie cutter musician that, you know, they end up playing in the circus anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, I graduated from Juilliard. Hold on, here's the cue, the clown. And then. <laughs> That kind of life is that, bro. You know, I'd rather work at Home Depot and shit. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's something no, Musician is a musician. No, I, I love to play music. I don't, cause, you know, I don't think of myself as a this musician, this thing, you know, that, you know, the art. What art? I did it to get girls. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't do right. it. That's an art. Yeah, it's an art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right, it is, you know. Yeah, music is like an in, man. When it comes to girls, it's an in. It's an in. And, you know, yeah. not, back then, I had a ton of hair. If you see the old pictures, you know, I had a ton of hair. I never wore a shirt. I was like this guy, you know what I mean? So it was a lot of fun. And I love playing the instrument. I love the history of my instrument. I love all the, but it was like, it was my people, Michael. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, but Al was, he was that guy. He's a virtuoso. Mm-hmm. He's the real deal. There's no mistaking about this. He's the real deal. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I mean, I could care less about any of this, but I, I was in awe of it at the same time. You know what I mean? Like the reason we wear the sunglasses in the sun. <laughs> yeah, right. They will burn you so bright. I saw Al like that, like this bright. You know, and he is, bro. In 30 years, we've seen all the great rock and roll guys that everybody knows. You name them, they've come to see our show, and every single one of them go out there and bow to him like some sort mm-hmm. of god. He was Batman, and for lack of a better term, I was Robin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I never seen, like, maybe Raul, may rest in peace, was from Santana, had that kind of thing. 
right. who lasted forever in that Santana band until, you know, he was on time to death, you know, with the disease, he had cancer or something. But, you know, I was fortunate enough to have that. 99% of musicians don't have that. I, I was with Sting for two years, and I did this for three years. And, did this, and what are you doing now? I don't, I don't know. I'm washing dishes with, a, you know, whatever, wherever life leads you to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, like I said, I was fortunate. This is this luck, and I don't want to say a blessing because people say that too loosely. We're all blessed. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's born, they're all blessed. You, you don't come out of your, you know, somebody's butt, you come out the way everybody does normal, the same way everybody. You're all blessed. You're breathing, you're good. Right. Whether you're million dollars or not, you're good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I felt that this was like the, that. The, what they say in English, the, the cherry on the, on the cake or the, the ice cream, whatever that thing is, you know. So I live in two cultures, you know, some English and Spanish. So I go back and forth trying to remember the old saying like an idiot, you know. <laughs> I felt that way. I still feel that way. You know, uh, you know, me and Al, we FaceTime, you know, we're friends now. Mm-hmm. This little thing kind of like, you know how you owe your dad now that you're older, if your dad's just still alive. I hope they are. Mm-hmm. You know, that you talk to them like men, but it's still your dad. Right. There's a little thing there that just, that you're not going to go over that that thing. And I'm that way without, we talk about anything, but mm-hmm. he's Al Dimiola. No, he's not a deity or nothing like that. But man, I see, I've been on that stage watching him, mm-hmm. being a fan, not just performing. You know what I mean? Like, you know, oh, yeah, we're equals. And that's an American thing. We're all equal. No, no, we're not all equal. <laughs> right. Achieve more because they put that work in. They got that work ethic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I have the work ethic, but I, you know, I'm from the Caribbean. There's part of me that, like, you know, can we eat now? You know what I mean? That type. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, can we do whatever, you know, I'm not saying I'm lazy, I'm not lazy, but, you know, that work, that, not just him, Stan Clark, you know, John McLaughlin, these guys, it's not our, when I first joined, we were on the tours, on the buses, he would be playing the whole time, six hour, seven hour bus ride. I said, dude, what's what's wrong with you? (laughs) You know, but it was, you know, that's. That's what makes you, you know what I mean? It's the difference between, you know, I, from years of watching Al, I, I came up with a term that said, good is the enemy of great. Mm. You know? Yeah. Good enemy yeah. of great. If you think you're good, then you know what? That's where you're going to stay good, you know? Mm-hmm. And one day, you know, I was telling Al that he walked on stage and whispers in my ear, you know, uh, you're not good anymore. You know, you're great. Wow. 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 What a compliment. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, it was a lot of, and we did a lot of duets for a long time. You know what I mean? Uh huh. It was, you know, it's a, it's, it's a special validation mm-hmm. doing, because I didn't do it for this validation. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of right. like a lottery scratch off. You know, you go to the store, you get toothpaste, you get a shampoo, you get whatever. Yeah, let me get a dollar lottery. Gig without Demiola. Oh. Oh really? What the hell? <laughs> you know, that way. You know, and there's a lot of guys who graduate and they do all the right thing from Berkeley. You know, and I know all these guys, you know, and I sometimes feel bad for them because they don't get it. 
this is it's it, it's it's the mystery and the wonderful thing of not knowing in life, right? And right. by that I mean that you know I had no intentions of doing this. I just want to be good drummer. Mm-hmm. You know, that when I play with my friends, they go, "Man, that was good. How did you do that?" You know that kind of thing. You puff up. Hey, here's what you do. You know, blah, blah, blah. not because I was gonna make whatever. You know, or do whatever. You know. So to have the kind of validation, uh, in spite of you not wanting it, mm-hmm. am I good enough? Eh, am, I, am I pretty? Like the girls, I mean, do you love me? You know, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have that upbringing from the Bronx, from the streets. I don't have that. You know what I mean? You know, I don't have work. How does this shirt look on me? You know, that kind of thing. I don't have that. All right. What shirt? Who cares about my shirt? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Bump that. I, I'm from the streets. That helped me survive. Because with, with Al, he's a rock star. Mm-hmm. You're a rock star. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a rock star. You know, I'm, you know, blue collar brunch kid. You know what I mean? Go Yankees. You know, that kind of guy. You know what I mean? You're right. You know, I'm an older guy now, so I learned to be a little spoiled, of course. You know what I mean? After years of doing this, you know. Uh, but, you know, I'm still, I always tell people, I'm still that poor kid from the Bronx. Mm-hmm. You know, with Caribbean roots that got lucky. That's all it is. There's no more to the story than than luck and a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I I always tell Al that you know, he goes, man, how do we do it? I say, you know how we did it? Funny first, not serious first. Funny right. First. Everything else comes later. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No matter. What, you know, we not you know we were cut ups on the road together, like you know what what you think, mm-hmm. what people the road is we made it that we laughed our asses off besides playing great music you know what i mean mm-hmm. it was easy to play the great music because that was great it was great for a long time you know what i mean and you know i learned the process of learning and doing all this on the job with that guy in that band imagine that how lucky is that you know that you know i didn't have to sit there with some teacher telling me this i had Aldo Miola looking at me going you know what I mean? Uh, no, no, do this. Try this. Try that. You know what I mean? Whatever. You know. Because, he, you know, he hears everything in his head before it's even written down, right? Yeah, it's a pain he has to be because he hears everything, mm-hmm. every note, every chord, every. If you listen, he can't make a bad record. Whether you like the record or not, you got to admit that none of them are bad. Sound <laughs> and and what he's doing. You know what I mean? You can hear everything. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Dude, he calls it articulation. And we have, you know, with, with the rehearsals with the young guys and they come into the band, mm-hmm. you know, tell them, hey, good luck, fellas. Get ready to, you know what I mean? You think jail was going to be bad? Get ready. This is going to be really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Such, he's a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't say, what do you think? There's never that. You know what I mean? Hey, what do you think? You know, who asked me that about lunch? Hey, go, what do you think? Hamburgers or hot dogs? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I would tell him how, you know, like when we were doing Kiss My Axe, that record, 1990, whatever, one, whatever, you know, um, I, I, would, I would do a riff on the drum. And he said, oh, man, that's cool as all hell. And that was the intro to the record itself. Mm-hmm. You know, so look at that. He's listening to things. He's being inspired. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because. 
or American people, because the culture is not uh, steep in anything. It's too new, this country. That's so true. On Wednesday, you have uh, a Malaysian barbecue on, on Tuesday. You have Filipino on Thursday, pizza on Friday, right? Not me. I'm culturally specific. I have rice and beans every day. Platanos. Right, tostones, right. So it's just the meat that's in, chicken, fish, or whatever. But everything else is the same. We come from that culture, Caribbean culture, you know. Americans not like that. So, you know, maybe that's why it progresses so in in terms of the culture. You know, everything, dances change, styles of music change, hairdos change. If you look at American people from 1920 to 1965, it's drastic to change. That's true. Drastic. Yeah. Always we, open to, to changing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's part of the culture. Mm-hmm. Because it's def- defining and redefining. But old cultures, especially Catholic old culture from the Caribbean, I don't mean the religion. I mean the culture. Right, right. You know, that's been around for 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. Everything's the same. You know, nothing changes, you know? So even though the Caribbean is new and because of the, the, the importation of African slaves and, and this, the collision that happened in the new world, we still have old world tendencies. Right. Church, uh, you know, drumming from Africa, which is three, four, five thousand 5,000 years old, whatever it is, you know, everything is old. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but here it's not that way. You know, you buy a house here. Oh, you know, don't buy a house. It's all sixty years. Sixty years. It's not like you kidding me? I'll buy sixty years. That's nothing. You know what I mean? But right. Oh, my truck is falling apart. It's two thousand fifteen. Two thousand fifteen. My dad rode a Rambler from nineteen forty-five or whatever, <laughs> fixing it all day. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You know, but that happens in the music too. Mm-hmm. So Al's one of those guys that's changing the music all the time. You know, he's, he's looking for, you know, like Tuesdays, Arabic, Wednesday, Spanish, Thursdays, the same way they do the food, they do the music. They're picking cultures, you know, and mixing it and doing whatever. That's a very American thing to do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen in Bulgaria. You know what I mean? Uh, we do Bulgarian dance, uh, the mating dance from 10,000 years. <laughs> it's, it's great, you know. Yeah, that, yeah, that leads me to, a, I'm sorry, go ahead, Brian. No, please, go ahead. <clears throat> that leads me to a question. It's interesting because the word that keeps coming to my mind is fusion. And I, I listen to a lot of uh, like Wagerberto, Strude, uh, Getz, and there's percussion heavy samba and bossa nova. But when did hand percussion like what you do when did that really marry more into jazz and it's amazing to me how it really works you wouldn't think sort of this free form structure Mm -hmm. would really mesh so well with what you do it immediately puts a latin spin yeah it's just amazing in america the term latin means catholic church right connected by the latin spoken in the church that's Mm -hmm. why they call it latin Right. So, and but we're speaking mainly about Cuban music. And that happened with Dizzy Gillespie. Mm-hmm. Because Dizzy went to Cuba and he saw nothing because Cuba is a, a black island. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that it's an African island. You know, it's African people. Mm-hmm. It's meshed in like this. You know, this is Africa. 
you know? And when Dizzy went there as a black American, because black Americans are so, uh, uh, they're so removed from Africa except for the skin color. Right. Culturally, nothing to do with Africa, you know? Culturally, it's in the DNA, but it's just the skin color. So everything's black. Like, like mm -hmm. white America, have some, some of them don't know nothing about Europe, but they just, now they're white. Where, where your, I always tell me, where's your grandfather buried? Oh, in Louisiana, in the rural of Virginia. Well, your great grandfather, you don't come from here, right. right? Where do you come from? You know, you know. Come on, they don't know, you know. And maybe that's the reason why America progresses too. I mean, it's it's a bad thing and a good thing at the same time. I'm not here to judge not knowing, but right. Dizzy Gillespie coming in 1940, going to Cuba, there was musically in America, it was the dotted eighth note. Even rock and roll back then in the 50s and 40s still had the, you know, right? Yeah. The rhythm, which comes probably for native people in this country, which is that rhythm. Now, the the Northern African two and four, uh, 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 you know what I mean? Right. Like, and tambourine, because there really wasn't hand percussion, right? Back then, it's all Northern African, because half the Africans from that came in the early 1800s or whatever already were converted to Islam. Mm -hmm. The slave trade that was happening within That's the right. Africa. Yeah, because the Arabs shift from, yeah. Cuba and in Haiti, they were all tribal. Different culture altogether. Mm -hmm. Hand drums, that thing, you know. So when Dizzy went there, he he saw a 500 year old culture that's been there from from Africa, from tribal, from the Yoruba jungle, from the Daomi tribe. They still even spoke the the Spanish. They sound like that. Wow. You know, it's really quite amazing. So he sees this thing. He's in love with the music. He comes back. He tells Machito, who was had a kind of a Latin big band in the 40s, I, Machito has Afro-Cubans, if they knew of a conga player, he wanted to put up that, you know, the Congos. They, they had no clue what the way it was, Congo, whatever they call it. Right. In reality, the word conga doesn't, it's not an instrument. Conga is an African word that means parade. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Marching the parade, you play this ikamo or whatever, and then the guy playing for the parade becomes the parade player. Congero playing for the conga, not a conga. But in America, you know, it got messed. You know how things get messy, crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, go to Italy and ask for a pepperoni on your pizza. Go. You know what you're gonna get? You're gonna get a pepper. Right. Pepperoni. It doesn't exist. It's salami. Right. You know, but in America, everything gets something happens here. You know what I mean? It's kind of the same. <laughs> Different, you know what I mean? The island of Dr. Maru. That's us. <laughs> I mean, you know, something crazy. Yeah. Anyway, he comes back, he brings back this. They get him this conga player, Chano Pozo. Chano Pozo is pitch black. He wasn't even just black, you know, like Muhammad Ali black. No, this is midnight black. Speaking still Yoruba languages from 500 years ago, because that's the culture in Cuba. We all right. speak. But when we do, when we sing our chants in the in the Ifa culture, we don't do it in Spanish. It's in it's in Ifa. It's in the Yoruba language, which was changed to kind of like a dialect in Cuba called Lukumi, which really the Yoruba language. You know, a mixture of all the African 
tribes, you know. There's Dizzy Gillespie with Chano Pozo, Chano Road Manteca. Eighth note is introduced into American music. Wow. Which changes the whole, everything about the music. So instead of putting, 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 now it's evolving into putting, 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 and it's an old, you know, the rumba music has been around for a long time in Cuba, by way of Africa. Dizzy discovers it, brings Chano Pozo, and look at it, what happened. They introduced the clave. Who, who discovers that clave? Bo Diddley discovers that clave. Interesting. Wow. That's what happens. And it was, it was happening in New Orleans too. Uh -huh. Because three Africans that came to, uh, to Louisiana were for Cuba. Now Cuba mm -hmm. went through that thing. So you have that. New Orleans is the closest thing you have to the Caribbean in America. You know? That's true. Of the, uh, for lack of a better term, the, that voodoo culture. And, mm -hmm. I mean, second line. That parade. The conga, mm -hmm. second line they call it in New Orleans. I love the I love New Orleans because it reminds me of Cuba, Puerto Rico, and Santo Domingo. Same mm -hmm. thing, same people. It just developed differently, you know, kind of like that. That where, where's that island where the animals grow differently? Guadalapa, the the Guadalapagos. Where, where oh, the Galapagos Islands, yeah. yeah. Thank you. And that, <laughs> and, and you know, those animals grew because they're separated from everything. Right. You know, no so influence from anything else. American music, mm -hmm. they too had this thing going on, you know what I mean? And so then you, you can see the way, just follow the music. If you want to know history, follow the music. Don't follow the bullshit. Mm -hmm. Follow the music. The music will tell you who, what people were there. You know That's, true. I mean? That's true. That's you know, yeah. true. You listen to um, African-American singers in church, they, to my ear, they sound more Muslim than anything else. Hmm. And people go, oh, wait, we're talking about Gombe yesterday because you know what? They, you know what? If you go Asalaam Alaikum and all that, that, that's part of the African American culture too. Mm -hmm. Not that, you know, because they were coming, they were made Muslim. They were Muslim by the Arab slave traders. So it was easy to convert the Muslim to the Christian. It was the same book. Right, right. But you couldn't do that. <laughs> they, mm -hmm. This tribal, what book? He ate the book and then ate you. Right. You know, revolutionaries. That's why Cuba had the revolution. It was part of the it's part of the culture to rebel and do whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh well here it wasn't everything squashed. Yeah. You know, you're gonna simulate, you're gonna speak the language, build that wall or whatever the hell that was going on, you know, just to make sure that we stay uniform and you know there's gonna be a Walmart in every neighborhood and a CVS and everything will look the same and we're gonna speak the same. I remember when I was a kid, we, we didn't speak English. I was born here and we didn't speak English until I was seven, almost eight years old. The thing that Tampa is famous for is the beginning of Cosa Nostra. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. New York and where it was Tampa. They, you know, they brought that culture, you know, and then they mix it with the Cuban and the Spanish, you know, rolling cigars. That's how mm-hmm. the Cuban language was born. That's why it has ham, roast Cuban pork, general salami, Swiss cheese on a hard bread to, to, so the workers could feel like they were at home. Mm-hmm. Sandwich to feed them so they could keep on rolling the cigars, you know, from Tampa, you know. Anyway, I don't know and why. It's the, it's the best sandwich you'll ever have in your life, getting a real true Cuban sandwich. And only in Tampa. Only you in Tampa. Tampa. You get something like it, but it's not the same. Right. It's kind of like when, you know, you guys have to do hand drumming in the States and do it. It's good. Great. It's not like that. in Cuba. You got to go to Cuba. You yeah. To see, feel. One Afro-Cuban dude missing teeth playing a box and the other guy with a spoon and the guy playing two sticks. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. It feels like a train rumbling through the station. It's just amazing. Because, you know, there's not, you know, the it's it's here sometimes it feels like it's a, they want to control everything and make sure that, you know what I mean? Guys, okay, slow down. Don't run. Don't do, you know, there's this kind of, for a free society, there's a lot of rules here. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think in, in my humble opinion, the freeness about this is to buy and sell. We still go, you know, you could buy that Tesla, but you can only go 35 miles an hour. <laughs> right, right. It goes so fast. And then they go, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't do that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Fusion, to go back to your word, was the um, the reason why these young guys were playing that music. Because rock and roll and all that stuff was kind of sedate. And these guys were all 19 and 20 years old. You remember being 19 and 20. Yeah, you're full was- of fire. Yeah, everything works. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it, it, you, you don't see 75 year old fusion guys. You know, it's like a young man's thing. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I, I feel fortunate to go back to being fortunate that I, I, I was without in that heyday of energy. Mm-hmm. Now it's old man, nervous, caffeinated energy. But, you know. <laughs> Back then, it was like I, you know, I could blow balloons and play the drums and fly and run and do all the stuff at the same time, you know. So, well, you know, you know I got to say, because you're talking about energy, going to see an Al Demiola show and watching you, that's where the energy's at. Yeah. Holy cow, man, you don't, you don't stop the whole time. It's like a three hour show. Because yeah. Al will start off a show and he starts off uh, acoustic and then goes electric. And right. really rocks it up. And by the second half of that show, you're just getting started. Yeah. 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 It's, it's kind of like momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just rolling. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you know, we were playing with Michael Pope, the great Michael Pope, bass player, Michael Pope, who's a teacher at Berkeley now, whatever. <clears throat> and he joined the band. He had played with Chick Corea's electric band, mm. uh, subbing for Paratucci. And after the first four shows, he looks at me and goes, uh, dude, so it's all about momentum, isn't it? I say, yep. You know, when you jump off a bridge, what carries you down is that momentum and gravity. Mm-hmm. And that's the shows. You know what I mean? We're going to die doing this show. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's show, sorry. We die today. And if we live, we'll go to the next show. <laughs> right. You know, it, it's interesting to me because I, I listened to your album, Miami. Yes. And and you're talking about playing, but what I also noticed was your knowledge 
and it's it's rare to find. You also have a very good sense of when not to play. That's the Bronx thing. And I'm like, what? You know where the room is. You know where the push is, the pull is, and hands off. And I'm like, that's a master at work right there. You know what? That's something that, you know, playing, growing up and playing in bands, local bands in New York City, you know, salsa bands or whatever, you play what the music needed. And, you know, not, not more. If it just needed, that's what you did. You know what I mean? If you did anything more, now you're showing off. You know, look at me, look at me. You got frowned on <laughs> that. And then playing with Al, they're supporting Al. You know, I wasn't there trying to be a rock star. You know, I'm you know, trying to keep it gay. I'm supporting because people pay mm-hmm. tickets to him. You know what I mean? I'm a byproduct of him. You know what I'm saying? But when we did Miami, that record, uh, it was actually an accident also. A friend of mine was opening up a studio. He told me, hey, go, you know, uh, I know you like to play piano. I play piano, you know, not great, but, you know, I dabble enough. And he said, you know, why don't you put a little demo to show off my studio? I said, yeah, sure, whatever. So I went ahead, you know, I wrote 30 pieces in one night. Oh, gosh. Wow. Called them up. Hey, Danny, I got them. I'm going to send them. What do you mean you got them? They're done. Don't worry about it. I said, he goes, bro, this is all these ideas are crazy. Yeah, just, you know, whatever, you know. In 1996, 97, I don't know even the year. But anyway, uh, we call up, um, my, we, I was going back on the road, and I call up my friend, a great piano player by the name of Barry Miles, uh, who played in all of Al's first records. Mm-hmm. Brothers were like, damn near the creators of jazz rock fusion, you know, in the 70s and 60s, Barry Miles. He was also the MD for Roberta Flack. And he wrote all the, every Coca-Cola 7-Up commercial, he did. He's my friend. I said, Barry, you know, this guy's got building a studio. He wants me to do this. You know what? I think we got a budget. You know, arrange my ideas into a record. Go on, whatever you want. Cool. So Barry does it, gets it, he arranges all, does whatever. And we start getting, we get Dave Weckl and we get Tom Kennedy. And then we get the whole Spiral Gyra band. And then we, it just, the list went on and on wow. and on because of whatever, you know, the hang with Demiola, you know. And we did the record, you know. And it was meant to be a, uh, you know, it's a little bit smoother than I would have liked it to be. But um, in terms of, you know, aggressive, no, I did the Electric Rendezvous record, which is what we do without plus, you know, that kind of his, you know, just plus, or maybe to the side, not up, mm-hmm. maybe to the side, you know. And, uh, but I love the Miami record because like you said, for me, it was, it was a discipline in, trying, in writing within a genre, you know, and doing whatever. And that was, that was kind of new for me. You know, I'm just a player, you know. So, you know, thanks for mentioning that record. I like that record, you mm-hmm. know. It, it's, it's a lot of fun. And also what struck me too was, even though it is your record, you didn't, it's not mixed percussion heavy you're, you're kind of actually tucked a little yes. uh, that's behind, in the mix yeah, that's on purpose because i didn't want it to be a goombi record mm. I, you know I, I you know i never never wanted to be that guy even though i have those abilities you know what i mean you know it wasn't like you know what i mean i i didn't want to do that i wanted to make good music mm-hmm. you know, like like the music was the important it wasn't a clinic record you know what i mean you know, so when 
even now when I teach guys or I have students and stuff, I tell them, this is what the music says. It's, ask, it's telling you what it needs. You don't have to add anything to it. The music is asking for this. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when you're in a relationship with a girl. Oh. You know says, you know, she goes, you know, I, you never know what I want. And like, yeah, but you got to tell me. You got to, you know, you get that man thing. But the guys who are successful do exactly what's needed, not because they know, because they know, like you said, when to and when not to. Right. You know, it's a dance. You know, it's not a contest. It's a dance. It takes two to dance nice and do whatever, you know. So if I'm playing something, Dave Weckl's doing something, I don't want to overshadow Dave Weckl. Why do I want to do that? You right. know, what I mean? for the record, for the song, for whatever it is, you know, it's got, it's got its little place. And you're right. Friends of mine will complain. Hey man, there's not enough cover solos. <laughs> in your ear as loud as I can. You know, <laughs> so uh, you can't get on the radio, you know, uh, showing off like that. Right. You know? you know, you got you have to still have a song. I learned that from Demiola too. That composition is very important. Ain't just jamming, mm -hmm. too. But you know, to, when you edit something for the radio, three minutes or whatever it is, it's gotta have a composition. Middle, of, you know, da 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 da. If we're anything that's successful in American music is American music business. Mm -hmm. You know, they're selling commercials and they're selling this and they got this and blah blah blah. A lot of guys don't get that. You know that it's a business. Mm -hmm. I have sharp. You know what? Fuck your F sharp. Mm -hmm. You know. And blah 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 because it's a business. Now, when you're hanging out with your friends, you do whatever you want, you know. Or if you get lucky enough that people can accept you, you become Miles Davis, or you become this. But you know, how many people are Miles Davis? None. There's only one guy. He evolved to that because he too was playing, you know, with a suit on and doing whatever. It wasn't until later on in life where he decided he was going to be Prince or whatever he was doing. Right. Ah, you know. But you know. Not everybody's that fortunate, you know. I think I'm that fortunate, but I don't want it. I can make a record now, do it. I could do whatever I want like that. I don't want that. Right. You know, what I, mean? you know I, I, the things I do now, and I told this to Al just two days ago. I said we got to think about legacy. You know, we're not competing with young kids anymore. That's not. You know, we can't do that. You can't compete with that. You can't go to a bar at 62 and stand there and look and say, so, hi, babe, what are you doing? You know, and then this guy comes up, good looking, strong. He only knows three words, but he only needs two to get a girl. Right. <laughs> and here you are with a wealth of knowledge and blah, 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 blah. You know, that, so I told Al, we just need legacy now. You know, do things so in the future, you know, you know, whatever happens, they go, oh, yeah, remember that thing that Boombi and Al did or that Al did, you know, or something like that. That would be they, something that, you know, and Al's got a couple of those things, you know, based with the devil and, and you know, the stuff he did with Chick, which is always mm -hmm. all amazing, you know. But now as we get older, like when I post on Facebook, um, like these little 30 second, I, I'm posting not because, you know, I, do, I have endorsements and I have this and that, but more important is like my old man legacy. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. oh, that guy still has it a little bit. You know what I mean? Tiny bit, just a little bit, you know? Not gonna compete with the young kids. This guy's, right. you know, it's like, it's unbelievable. You know, and I was that guy. 
I see some videos of me and Al playing together. Like, you know, I thought, oh, you know, we're not going to do that. You know, there's no way I could do that. I smell like Vicks and Ben Gay. <laughs> you smell like Vicks and Ben Gay. You're not going to get the girl and you're not going to play that fast. You know? <laughs> but that's, that's funny. But you're, you're, you're right, though, because like, um, you know, being an entertainer, myself you know not your caliber obviously but um you know playing live and things of that nature uh when i go out and i see a group play and i see a fat balding nasty old guitar player up there trying to look like he's 20 and trying to look like he's hitting on the chicks and stuff like that i'm like i don't want to be that guy yeah i'd rather stay home than look like that guy right. Right? Sad. exactly yeah it's really, it, it, yeah, I don't want to be that. I, I, I do try to stay hip and do, do whatever, you know right, what I mean? Right, The other day I walk into the Home Depot to get something and I walk in without my mask. You know, I lift it and I forget because sometimes you forget. And right. And the lady she goes, hey, Latin Sean Connery. Go. <laughs> I think mean, Latin Sean Connery. What the hell that mean? I'm going to smack her, you know? But, oh, that's uh, awesome. You should have said, you should have called her Money Penny. <laughs> I should have, but you know what? I was a little taken aback that she, you know, that I forgot my mask. You know, you know like, oh, oh my God, I committed the, you know, the the ultimate pandemic sin. <laughs> yeah, right. I just did that yesterday walking into a store. I walked in there without the mask and they're like, uh, sir, do you got a mask? And I was like, you know, I do. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really strange. You know what I mean? I remember I walked into, to, to, you know, Publix. We have public stores here. And uh -huh. I walked in, in, no mask. All of a sudden, this lady looks at me, you know, and like, she, oh, man, I reached into my pocket. I have a handkerchief because I'm an old man. I always have a handkerchief, you know. So I, I reached into my pocket and I shaped it into, you know, one of those things, you know, like construction worker things. And I put it on. What's it going to do? You know what right, I mean? Right, right. It off, hit me, you know, knife, you know, whatever. But it is funny. You know? it is funny. But at least it solved her fears. Yes. Perception. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Perception, you know. Do you seem that do you have a quite a bit of your gear behind you? Yes, I got and I was in my studio. And I I was wondering in, in what you do for a living with changes in technology, do you, are you using any triggers, any like an like rolling octopad or that I use? Um, because it's easier sometimes to use that than but like on this side, and I can't, I don't have a camera that moves, but on this side, if I move my, my computer like this, on this side, you see all the, this is the Hansonic right here. Oh, okay. I couldn't tell. And so I have a drum set, custom made drum set there. And then I have Brazilian stuff and shakers. And I mean, you know, it just, it's, it's like, you know what I mean? My granddaughter loves it in here, you know, <laughs> tries to break everything, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then, um, you know, LPs, you know, they're, generous and they give me, you know, they keep sending me stuff, you know, and I'm like, oh man, thanks, you know, but my room was getting like this, you know, so it's cool and I got a trombone here and a piano and because I, I like to play the trombone, I don't know why, you know, uh, <laughs> it just reminds me of a really fancy kazoo, you know, you know? <laughs> in the Caribbean, the, the trombone, like in New Orleans, is the instrument, you know. That's so, true, yeah. Well, I was excited to hear when you said Al, uh, his acoustic set includes accordion, Right. Uh, Have you that seen? excites me. I love accordion. Yeah, well, you know what? We ended up, we, we found a guy in Sicily. No, in Sardinia. 
imagine the other island, you know. <laughs> and we, we were there in Sardinia, and, we, and Fausto was performing there uh, with, uh, you know, this lead singer who Al just loved, you know what I mean? I forget his name right now. He passed away, but Al loved him. And, um, oh man, I can't think of the name. It's a shame, shame on me. He was a really a funny and a great singer. He was like a famous Italian rock guy from the 80s, you know? Cool. And um, Fausto was playing with him. And we had played with Dino Solusi in 1989, you know what I mean, with the World Sinfonia, which is, he uses a bandoneon, which is a button oh. instrument, like an accordion, but it's buttons. Sharp, flat. Mm-hmm. You know, but the tango comes from that. So, you know, I was, you know, he was um, hanging out with Piazzolla and he loved that instrument. He was trying to get to his Italian roots through that instrument. You know what I mean? So, and uh, he took me along for that ride because my my instrument, the the the, the hand drum, the ikamo, the congas, whatever you want to call them, have nothing to do with the, that instrument, you know, for the way I was approaching it. In, in the in the Caribbean, people play that this, but it's always you know with a lot of percussion, you know. So he was, I think he was finding trying to find this new melody in his head, based on his Italian roots, you know. And even though Piazzolla was from Argentina, he was Italian, you know, from Napoli. And we were tour, you know, on in the in, in the two thousand whatever after hundred years of touring, we were tour countries that had great food, so we were in Italy a lot, <laughs> you know. So, you know, we stay there and go to, you know, to Napoli and all the islands. But anyway, we were down there and there was Fausto. And what, uh, he says, hey, uh, hey, Goom, you know, we got to, we came back to the stage, we got to make a band to do, you know, to Fausto. I said, look, dude, let's use Fausto Beccalosi. That dude is an incredible player, sings and, you know, he was just a hippie. You know what I mean? An Italian hippie, you know, so, you know, now everything's written out, and, you know. You know, like that. And the, those guys, they, they could read, of course, they're classical musicians, but they want to jam. You know, they, there's an impression about American music and jamming. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, something more looser than it really is when you get to that level. You know what I mean? So, you know, like Chick and all those guys, they, this all well rehearsed. You know, it's a Broadway show. You know, there's not like, you know, um, even in Al's music, the only time we really improvise a lot is when we're playing the duet. And then we improvise, you know, or Al's tired, you know. He's like, go take us all over it back. But, you know, uh, we found uh, Fausto, and Fausto became part of the group. I mean, a fixture in the group. That's how great he is. He really is great. But in America, what what accordion? You know what I mean? I was trying right. to do something him a while back where we were trying to get uh, Lady Gaga to do a song with Fausto. Because my son, you know, he's won three Grammys producing all these great artists, you know? So I had access to that. Mm-hmm. But he was like, like what? You know, Fausto, you know, old Italian guy, you know, he'd rather cut prosciutto than, than get Lady Gaga, you know? He just wants to live a simple farm life, you know what I mean? And then play around the world. I don't blame him. But, I, you know, I, he's so great. I thought maybe we could take it to another place, you know? The producer in me, you know? But he didn't print out because he didn't want it. I think he was kind of... He had gotten, there's this thing that happens in Italy with, with the tendons in the hand, something specifically to Italian men of a certain, they start losing a tendon here. Well, his, his 
he lost the tendon, and the doctor said, well, we could put your finger like this, or it's going to end up like this if we don't fix it. Mm -hmm. So he went ahead and took his accordion and said, okay, keep it like this. So <laughs> <laughs> move. So you can play the accordion. He's, he, look him up. You know, oh. Fausto Becalosi, you know what I mean? You know, and he was with the band for a long time. For a hmm. long time, from 2009 to recently, you know. So, yeah, the accordion. Go figure, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's I, an interesting I, instrument. Yeah, well, you know, and I loved it. You know, and I think in America, sometimes it gets a kind of a polka thing. Mm -hmm. you, know? you know, and always the nerdy kids play the big accordion. You're playing yeah. beatles on the accordion. But uh, Fausto was hip as all hell, you know. I have a friend of mine from who's in the jazz department in, I think, in San Diego. His name is Kamal Kenyatta. Tremendous dude. And he just loves Fausto. I mean, you know, every time he calls him, you know, Fausto, Fausto, Fausto. Call him. He's his number. You know what I mean? You know, he wants to bring him over because, you know, Fausto is really great, you know. There's that great tradition of swing in Europe because they're gypsies. Right, you know? right. You know, that, you know, thing in France, mm -hmm. and Hungary, and all that stuff, you know what I mean? That balafone, that instrument that they play, kind of the string, weird-looking instrument that they play. All that stuff comes from India anyway. Right. You know? I don't know why, they, they, you know, I found out that the reason they called them gypsies was they thought they were from Egypt, but they're not. They're from India, you know, migrated like this, you know. That's the one thing about traveling, as much as I have, you really get to know shit. Right. <laughs> I mean, and really interesting stuff. You know, you go, man, really? Wow. And then you start to ask questions about yourself, trying to get that information out. You know, the collision of the new world. Because we, in America, we live like these, like, we've always been Americans. Absolutes. It's always been that way. You know, white Jesus and this and that. Absolutes. Everything's absolute. Right. It's absolutely made up. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, and so then we, and we have to find ourselves within that. You know, right. kind of matrix, something like that. You know what I mean? So yeah, like, I, mean, I found myself in, in Al Miolo's group. You know, that's how I found myself in Al Miolo and all his bands. You know what I mean? Whatever he was doing, you know, okay, okay, a kazoo, a squirrel, two ducks, a monkey, <laughs> and Goombi. You know, <laughs> what's a squirrel doing? You know, so. it's true, though, you can listen to. Uh, uh, to any Al Demiola recording and you can listen closely and you can hear things in there that you wouldn't think that you would put into a song. Right. Very very similar to Steve Vai. He does that a lot too. I mean, you'll be listening all of a sudden you hear a dog growl and you're like, what the fuck was that? Why was it there? You know why? It's funny because we play, we record and play with Steve Vai all the time, you know, mm -hmm. They're like buddies, you know what I mean? Steve just loves Al Demiola. Oh know? yeah, I bet. <laughs> just like buddies, you know? And, um, they're Italian and you know, blah, 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 blah. So they sit there talking about Taramisu and drink espresso. I'm looking for a White Castle hamburger, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, can we get some <laughs> bananas up in here, you know? <laughs> but it's been a great, it's been a great ride, actually. I